Now streaming the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to the Netflix and Swole podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm your host, Caleb. I've had some kinky sex. I have tried drugs in the younger years of my life. I'm broke as shit, and I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. God damn it. That was be my intro. <laughs> I am gay. I've had two boyfriends my, my whole life. <laughs> That's that's the only other Joe Exotic thing that I remember from that. I was hoping you were do gonna do the "Hey, cool cats and kittens" intro. That that uh, was, that was the correct intro that I was referring. We'll to see. That's what that's what you should have followed up with. I want to point out you're the one who does say every week, "Hello, ladies and gentlemen," which uh, naturally leans into the "Hey, cool cats and kittens." Well, you you fell for it, you utter fool. <laughs> I made a mistake. Uh, how are you, friend? Uh, I'm doing okay. There's a, a major windstorm here right now, so hopefully the internet stays up and uh, I don't lose you here. Um, I don't know. The, the uh, coronavirus is still a thing. There's two confirmed cases in the hospital where, like, uh, in the town where I work. And I think a, a couple suspected cases in my local hospital and in the town where my sister lives, two people have died from it. So, uh, shit's starting to get really real. Solid. Uh, we've been issued those like essential work thing. Like, uh, our CEO basically signed off saying, hello, uh, you've pulled over an essential employee to our business, uh, which is also an essential business. Please let them leave. So. Uh, yeah. I, I now have that for Wake County and Durham County. Yeah, I've got one of those too. Or is it just, I think it's just the city of Durham and then Wake County. So, yeah. hooray. I don't, I don't know. My boss handed me that letter from our company saying like, hey, I'll let this person, let this person go to work. And I looked at it and I was like, you know, if the fucking cops stop me, I'm just turning around and going home, right? <laughs> Like, like, fuck that. Right. 
<laughs> I'm not I'm not fucking getting shot over this. Oh yeah, like if they're like fuck that, I don't care. You you go home. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm not going to jail for this company. Yeah. You don't pay me enough to go to jail for this company. Other than that, uh things are good. I'm glad that I'm still working. Still have stuff to do, trying to find stuff to uh do with the wife that doesn't involve leaving the house, so um get your mind out of the gutter. Um I don't know. It's it's fun. We have board games, uh we have TV and movies, so it's uh a lot like our normal lives. Oh yeah. Well that's what Ashley and I are doing. Uh she's been making me watch uh Real Housewives of New York. Uh and unfortunately I have memorized everything the the women say at the beginning of the show, which is unfortunate because like three of them are extraordinary well, not three of them. Five of them of the six are extraordinarily vapid and uh I hate them. There's one who keeps it real, Bethany, who uh as we as you've discovered, Nick would love to uh meet her and uh never leave her. She's the best. I don't know. I've seen when keeping it real goes wrong, so <laughs> it's true. So yeah, we've been doing that. Uh fuck. I just got my nineteen seventeen on four K. Uh, that came in on Thursday, so of course Friday we immediately watched it. Uh, uh, it's still a fantastic movie, and Ashley even liked it. And she hates war movies, so if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. She hates war movies. How does she feel about the Last Samurai? Uh, great question. I don't know if she's ever watched it. We have to, that is on Netflix right now, well, so that's that's an option. It is the best war movie of all time. Saving Private Ryan, only number seven. <laughs> uh, we can never let that die. Never let your memes be hit dreams. <laughs> oh fuck! You ever feel like we're just kind of uh, running out of material for our own show, so we just reference jokes from other podcasts from two years ago? Oh no, dude! If you think that was two years ago, uh, I have I have news for you. That was not two years ago. That was uh, much longer. Yeah. Shit, yeah. I was still working at the uh at the shop when I did that mm-hmm. or when they did that rather. Which uh I haven't worked there for like 3 years. I think this was around the time I was getting laid off from my first full-time job out of college. So that's how long ago that was. Uh but anyway, friend. Well, I mean, good for him for making an impact, I guess. Cultural impact, Wayne Aruzu. Yeah. You're an influencer. Well, friend, uh, with that, why don't we talk about some things we're throwing in our fuckholes? It's What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I'm a social media under the influencer. Okay. Uh, I'm having a Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh, look at you, champion of the people. Yeah. I like to... I like to stay connected to real down-home, uh, quarantined America. I have liquor, which, uh, keeps longer than beer. So, uh, I'm once again drinking a Tito's and Tonic with some lime juice. It is, uh... 
don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm pouring a little too heavy on booze recently, uh, which might explain why my stocks are draining quicker than I anticipate, but that is neither here nor there. Uh, it is delicious, though. There are no strong drinks, only weak men. Thanks, Ron Swanson. There is no wrong way to consume alcohol. This is the wrong way to consume alcohol. What was that in reference to? Like martinis or something? Something stupid? They had no. They had a fucking Tom was all excited about going to this bar, and they had like like experimental ways to serve alcohol. So they would have one that was like just like a vapor that was trapped inside like this chocolate sphere that you like smack with a spoon and then breathe it in or something. It was fucking weird. That screams of our we want plates. <laughs> if you guys have never visited that subreddit, basically it's just like ways restaurants serve things that aren't on like plates. Like uh, someone did like a can't even remember like recall an actual example right now, but like they they like object like literally try as hard as possible to make their things look interesting. But it's just like Fuck that, I just want to eat off a goddamn plate. Like, a sheet tray is fine. Like, give me something flat, please. You fuckhead. Yeah. The uh, the top post on We Want Plates of All Time is, uh, most expensive restaurant I've ever been to. Chef literally made the starter in our hand, and it's like this sloppy, pasty substance, like, just sitting in the palm of somebody's hand. Fuck that. Get the... <laughs> <laughs> where, where, there, there's no overhead to that restaurant. If they don't give you anything on plates, like what? What? Where's the overhead go? Like uh, it, it's just here, on the building, electricity, and gas. Here's a restaurant where the bread is served inside of a road-killed animal pelt. Wait, is that real? Yes, it's the third highest post on We Want Plates of All Time. Oh God, Reddit is a fascinating, horrifying place. Sometimes. <laughs> Here's a sign at a restaurant that says apologies. Due to manufacturing issues, we are running very low on wooden skillets. Therefore, most meals will be served on plates. There are well, wooden skillets? Well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Huh. I only know of, like, whenever you make salmon, like, you don't put it directly on a grill, you put it on, like, an oak plank. Uh, no, it's like a, it's like a serving, it's like a carved, like, serving skillet thing. Oh, They I don't see. cook it in it. Oh, so it's like the the way you get fajitas yeah. at a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, but apparently they're one-time use things. That sounds extremely irresponsible. God, this is haunting. I have to stop looking at this. That's that is the that is untenable. Fucking put your food on plates. I remember I went to a restaurant in uh, Atlanta, uh, which for brunch. And they sh they served everything on like a baking sheet. I was like, okay, I guess, sure, you do that. Even even with that, I was like weirded out. But I'm just like, I, I just want a plate, it's glass. It's it doesn't cost as much as a sheet pan. Have you ever seen those sushi restaurants that serve everything on a nude woman's body? Yes, that's the one instance of our. The uh, I don't need a plate. I don't know that like. To me, that's the most disgusting thing ever, because, like... Especially today. I, Well, well, yeah, especially today, but, like, I don't know. I was I was brought up 
in a conservative Christian household and taught that like my body is disgusting and should be hidden from view at all times and uh I should be ashamed of it so Oh, I forgot Ashley took pictures of me, her and Anyang Ling on the bed as my landlord decided to fire off his gun again. So don't worry, Colby, it's not just the days where you show up on our show that he shoots off his gun. It's it's other days, too. Brep, brep, pew, pew. Uh, speaking of pew, pew, let's talk about some news news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, in our first story, uh... <laughs> I don't know why this in new. I don't know why this exists. News. Um, Ryan Reynolds is producing and starring in a movie adaptation of Dragon's Lair. You know, the arcade game that's basically a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I I was. I was wondering what the fuck Dragon's Lair was, but then then you said arcade game. You remember when they played it in the Stranger Things? No, I don't. Oh, it was the first episode of season two. Oh, well, that makes sense because they were in an arcade. No, I was in yes. an arcade with Gerald. What fuck? Uh, this was before Marriage Story came out. So November. Yeah, November. Oh, yeah. It was for Thanksgiving. I came down here for Thanksgiving and uh, we went to an arcade and I saw a Dragon's Lair cabinet. So, OK, that's where it was from. That's neat. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's an interesting game from like a historical perspective. But, sure. Like, the gameplay's shit, and I don't know why they need to make a movie of it. You know what else is shit? This bagel. <laughs> Ashley keeps buying bagels, and I, like, she's like, well, she's like, I gotta go get bagels. I'm like, this bagel's shit. And then she lo- she gives me this dirty fucking look, because she now knows what it's from, and she hates it. She's just doing it to herself. She really is. This, Never is talk- what, this is what she gets for falling in love with you. This is why you don't talk about bagels. Just stop, just shut up about the bagels, and I'll never bring up the fucking hectic knife ever again. Until you start over-explaining yeah. something to me that I know, and then I'll just be like, I, you were in a war. <laughs> <laughs> She's just going to start freaking out at you someday and declare that you're an English muffin household now. Uh, that's fine. I would like to make my own. I actually watched a video today uh, of how to make croissants. Uh, and that looks like way too much effort for me to try to make a croissant. I just want a fucking chocolate croissant. That's all I goddamn want. But I don't think any French bakeries are open around here, so it's disappointing. Dude, I could fuck up a fucking, like, orange scone right now. What were the good ones I used to get? It was like orange ginger or something. Hmm. Interesting. Where, where from, uh, not Michelle's Cafe. Was the, what's the other place that in Clarion that was breakfast place? Uh, I don't know about that. There's a oh. a local place mm. that has some pretty kick-ass scones. Now I need to go see if there's a French bakery around because I'm I I I saw that video. I'm like, oh, now I'm craving a croissant, and this is too much fucking work. I don't want to do this shit. Le petit croissant. Uh, hey, speaking of things that. Uh, are apparently showing up on Netflix soon. Uh, Space Force, that show from Greg Daniels and Steve Carell, will apparently be premiering on May 31st, according to Ben Schwartz. Uh, in case anyone was wondering, Ben Schwartz is not a producer. He's just a star on the show. So take his word with a little grain of salt. All right, and now it's time to go over renewals and cancellations. Sure. Uh, Castlevania renewed for a fourth season. Hooray. 
Uh, Love is Blind renewed for two more seasons. Okay. <laughs> for some fucking reason. The Circle renewed for two more seasons. All right. So for the, the for some fucking reason is because both The Circle and Love is Blind were like cultural touchstones for an entire week. So, yes, like the, this makes perfect sense, despite the fact that they should die horrible. Well, also, the deaths. reality shows like they cost fucking nothing to produce. One hundred percent. Why do you think Survivor's been going on for fucking a hundred billion seasons? Yeah, and in twenty sovereign nations. Yeah. Hey, look, uh, we're we're in the jungle of this sovereign nation. Look how look how exotic it is. Uh, Rhythm and Flow has been renewed for a second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marie Kondo's getting a new show. Yeah. Uh, that show is basically, uh, she cleans up a small town in America. She's gonna- Good fucking luck. She's gonna- She's gonna spark joy in some town, which, like, okay. Like, the small town has to- It, it has to be, like, a coastal city, because otherwise it can be like, why are we listening to this Korean bitch? I'm pretty sure she's not Korean either. They're just going to be like, ah, she's Korean, fuck it. I think she's Japanese. I'm pretty sure she's Japanese, too. I'm just saying. Middle America is the worst. Also, don't call Marie Kondo a bitch, or uh, we're going to have words, you and I. Oh, I'm not calling her a bitch. I'm just saying these people are going to be like, this bitch. (laughs) I'm speaking for them, before they even know I'm speaking for them. That Amish bitch shot me. You let your wiener do the walking, now I'm dead. Um... Also, Messiah has been canceled after one season. Yeah, you know, that super popular show that everyone talked about. Yeah, I kind of remember watching the trailer for it. I think the premise is interesting. This guy come, comes along, it's like, I'm the second coming of Jesus. And it's like, all right, are you are you not? Or are you actually? Like, what's going on here? Uh, this I think the show premiered on uh, January 1st. So, being that we're almost at the end of March, it's it's surprising that it took this long to cancel. Like, uh, what this tells me is negotiations were ongoing and they couldn't reach an agreement, so the show just got canceled. Also, that show was a bitch to make, because I, I think they shot on location, a la Sense8, which is why the, the production budget was so goddamn high. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason most things are shot in studio nowadays. Oh, and yeah. And CG all the fuck. Or uh, you just send a second unit out, and they and they get your uh, your footage from a different country, which I will talk about uh, in in quick hits. I will talk about a movie that did that, but they uh, they'll go get their second unit footage, and then you'll just shoot in front on like a soundstage, in front of a green screen. Like that's how it works now, unfortunately. So it, it's not it's not practical enough or like budgetary. Restrictive enough to uh, shoot on location anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, why don't we get into some trailers in downstream? Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! All right, our first trailer is for The Willoughbys. This is uh, an animated children's movie about a, a family of four kids who uh, their parents kind of neglect them. And uh, they they basically feel like they can survive on their own, so they send their parents away on a vacation uh, around the world, I think. Uh, It doesn't really say, but uh, then hijinks ensue. Okay, so in the trailer, uh, they imply that, like, at first they're going to kill their parents, and the the girl's like, no, no, like, next to the butcher shop, the travel agency. Mm -hmm. 
but then they they arrange like this super dangerous vacation which like seems like they're trying to make them disappear forever sure yeah that makes uh, sense so like they are trying to kill them yeah i think yeah uh I mean, this looks fine. It looks like it's uh, computer animated, but it's trying to emulate like a stop motion thing, which is weird. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say stop motion. Well, style wise, I mean, yes. Like if you look yeah, at the claymation stylistically, stuff. like it, it, it looks like Coraline or something like that. But like you can tell that it's CG. Like it's not, it's not physical things. Yeah. Uh, this has a kind of, kind of a stack cast, but I mean, it's a voice cast, so, of course, you're getting, gonna get stack cast every now and then with those. I mean, look at Klaus, you had Rashida Jones, Jason Schwartzman, J.K. Simmons, who are like, I guess, B-level actors. But, like, to me, that's still a stack cast, because I know all of those names. Yeah. Uh, that'll move us on to our next trailer, which, uh, might be the worst thing I've ever seen. That's Coffee and Kareem, a movie. Yeah, uh, an Ed Helms buddy cop movie, but, like, instead of his buddy being another cop, it's um, the the son of the woman that he's dating. Yes. Who hates him. And so it's like, I don't know. It's It's a shitty comedy with Ed Helms as, like, he's the biggest name attached to it. Uh, I don't know. I think Taraji P. Henson is uh, more known than uh, Ed Helms right fair. now. But otherwise, you are you are correct. It, it is basically like Ed Helms and Taraji P. Henson bouncing off each other. Although, really, I don't know how much she's going to be in it because uh, Ed Helms is coffee and Kareem is her son. So, implicitly, it's going to be those two starring with her as like a supporting role. But we'll see. But regardless, I think this trailer looks uh, absolutely horrendous. So, of course, Caleb, I had to make it our topic for next week. Fuck. <laughs> uh, this is this is my penance for making you watch Ridiculous Six. Uh, I don't know. Are we still are we still in penance for for that after after what three years since we uh, first did that? It was it was bad enough. <laughs> Uh, all right, our next trailer is for Earth and Blood. This is a French movie with a minute and a half trailer, and I don't care about this movie at all. Uh, I don't know. It it looked fine. It it's like a balls to the wall action movie, I guess. Um, like kind of after the fashion of like pick an Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle that isn't like one of the main ones that people remember fondly. I guess. Sure. Uh, this trailer was fine. It just didn't do anything for me. Is what I mean. Like yeah. it, it, it's like a oh this could this could be interesting. And then about halfway through the trailer, I lost all interest. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I liked this trailer for being brief. Sure, I appreciated that. Yeah, exactly. I appreciated it from that aspect. But it, it's, and I'm gonna keep referencing it every time. But it, unlike the perfection trailer, which grabbed me, this did not grab me. N nah, nah, not really. It's just whatever. I'm fine with this existing. Good job, movie. All right, that'll bring us to our next trailer for Hashtag Black AF. This is a Kenya Barris series uh, starring Kenya Barris and Rashida Jones. 
as the 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 familiar as the two heads of a familial unit uh that I, I, I don't know. Like it's supposedly like a satire on like black culture. I think. Yeah. Um is is Rashida Jones the main character in this or is she not? Cause like halfway through the trailer it started to focus on her like completely. Um and I like her a lot. Like I think she's she's great. Um I think that like had she been given more to do, she would have been one of the best parts of uh Parks and Rec. But I, I did like her a lot on that show. Right. But um I don't know. Like the whole the whole thing is like because uh because she's like mixed race or whatever, like everybody's constantly testing her, so she's trying to be like a super black mom, so she like yells at her kids for not holding their nerf guns sideways. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like this this is probably funnier to like the black crowd because it's like I don't know I, I don't know if per se it's actually making fun of their culture uh, and like poking out poking out like the most absurd aspects of it. But like I don't know. Uh it, it's interesting. We'll say that. Like I I, I, don't I laughed know. I think, a bit. I think it looks good. But yeah, um, I don't know, like the, the title itself, I guess is a joke. Cause like the, the dude's talking about blackish and everybody's like, eh, well, yeah, well, he's the creator so of blackish. Like, so like he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. calling up like the, the, the big, the big like black creators of today outside of like Jordan Peele. But I guess like he doesn't have like a deal with Netflix at all. So Netflix was just like, eh, fuck it. Don't get him in there. Just get like Ava DuVernay. And other oh, people fuck it. put put some Ava DuVernay in there in the background, which like good. And like she she's probably like maybe the most socially I just, responsible one. I just wanted one. to do your oh, I know. Uh, my my impression of, of Mike George Do- Lucas. My impression of Mike Stokloss's <laughs> impression of George Lucas. There's so many. There, it's uh it's uh, impressionception. It is. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll probably watch this though. It it looks good. Oh, don't worry. I have this penciled in right now as a topic uh, in April. Hooray. Um, speaking of looking good, our next trailer is for Tiger Tail. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I watched this this trailer on my phone and then uh, finally sat down and watched it in front of a, a thing that actually had like a good aspect ratio. Uh, I can't wait to watch this. Uh, so this is, I want to say Chinese? Taiwanese. Which, Taiwanese. Which, oh, the yes, real China. The real China. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, World Health Organization. Um, fucking that that video pissed me off so much. Caleb, don't. Uh, anyway, don't, don't Tiger worry. Tail. Ca- don't worry. China is the total bastion of health right now, as their corona case, the coronavirus cases have dropped to zero, and I'm sure it has nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with the fact that they're underreporting right now. Yeah, it it has nothing to do with the fact that their crematoriums have been running 19 hours a day for weeks on end. Nothing to do with that. Come on. They're they're a bastion of hope. Dude. Okay, real quick. I saw a post on Reddit that like someone was like, "I man, <laughs> everybody's so hard for that fucking Chinese money." Well, but like this guy on on Reddit was like, "Man, I can't wait for the day that China becomes like the world superpower." And I'm just like, uh, "Are you stupid? Do you have Yeah, are you fucking for real? Are you the dumbest human being of all time?" What is wrong with you? 
China's not a bastion for anything other than like underpaid labor. Like everyone wants to pretend it's bad here and like, yeah, it's bad here, but it's worse. Like no building outside the United States other than maybe like psych hospitals have, have nets that would catch people if they attempted to commit suicide by flinging themselves from the building. Uh, and the building I'm discuss- discussing in China is Foxconn. And that's the most prominent example. And that's where they built your iPhone. And that- <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's unfortunate that China's a necessary evil in order to keep our, our cost of goods sold down. Uh, I don't know. It's actually, in recent years, like a lot of manufacturing is moving back to the United States. Because it's becoming cheaper to just fucking pay Americans to do it. I'm surprised. And not have to pay import tariffs. Well, sure. I'm just surprised they haven't moved to Africa. Yeah, that's true. Um, We should talk about this movie, though. It looks very good. Oh, yes. Uh, So it's sort of like a a lost love type thing. Um, So this young kid... Uh, is looking to go to America and start a new life for himself. Uh, he's in love with a girl, like he promises to take her with him. Mm-hmm. And then, like, his parents and another family put him into sort of an arranged marriage situation. Uh, so he ends up leaving with this other girl. And then, like, they kind of reconnect, like, him and the girl that he had been in love with, like, reconnect decades later. Um, right. And it's just kind of about his life and, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I don't really know much more about it at this point, but, but that's it good. looks very good. Like it, it has me wanting to watch it and I don't know too much about it. So I'm like, this is one of those good trailers. Like, I think it's still about two minutes long, which is fine. But like it, it, it left enough there that's like, okay. I'm going to watch this movie and I'm going to enjoy parts of it because I'm going to be legitimately surprised. Okay. Uh, And that brings us to our final trailer, The Bruise Brothers. It's a comedy series about a brewery. I want to like this show. I watched like the first four seasons of the league uh, who, uh, you know, helped produce this show. So like, they're hoping it's like the league, but about like four dude, three dudes, and a and a chick in a brewery, uh, which was basically like the 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 recipe for the league, except like they're they had good actors, so like they had um Mark Duplass, they had uh Jean Jean Lejoie, they had uh Mark uh no Paul Shear, they eventually brought on um oh god what the fuck is his name. He's the guy who plays, uh, his name's Rafi, but, like, can't remember. Oh, Jason Manzoukas. Uh, Nick Kroll, that's where, he, like, I know him from. Like, that's his funniest role, uh, is in the league, uh, and not Big Mouth, so fuck, ev- fuck everybody. But, like, the league had, like, this perfect storm of, like, good comedic talent. I know none of these people, and maybe they'll be good, but I'm hoping, like, this move, this show is, like, something okay? Like, I I won't be offended watching it. Like, I'm going to give it a shot because of, like, who's behind it. But who knows? I never watch The League, but anytime anybody brings it up, I I always confuse it with The Guild. But that's something completely different. Yeah. Um, I don't think that this show looks good. I don't think it does either. But I, But my hope behind it is that it is good. 
the like I I I don't have much hope really is what it comes down to. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh speaking of losing hope, let's go to quick hits. <laughs> I watched Love is Blind for some fucking reason. Yeah, so why'd you do that? I don't know. Vanessa d- did this to me. I thought her thing was true crime bullshit. This isn't true crime bullshit. Uh, it's truly a crime that this made it to air. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just a weird show. Fucking. I think that Nick Lachey might be the least entertaining human I've ever seen. Okay. Um, I don't know. He, he shows up sometimes, but like, I don't know. It's just like, uh, irresponsible, desperate people, the show, uh, cause like everybody's so lonely that they put themselves in like these fucking boxes and talk to people through a pan, a panel of glass. And then like after two days, they're like, Oh, I love you. And then, like, the fifth time that they talk to each other, they're like, hey, let's get married. <laughs> and the the first time that they meet is, like, after they get engaged. Yeah, uh, this sounds exactly like what Ashley was describing. Like, uh, I forget what I was watching. This was, like, weeks ago when this first came out. But I was watching something, and Ashley's on the bed watching the show, and she's just, like, yelling every three minutes, being like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> which is the correct reaction and uh presumably why this show has gotten so much traction oh 100 percent. this uh, show is crazy people love watching hot messes yeah which is why fucking tiger king is the number one show in the world i think right now yeah. according to rotten tomatoes oh yes that that story that i saw on on yeah yeah, I saw that same story also on Reddit. But yeah, it was like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, no no one has shut the fuck up about this show since since it premiered. I think it's been number yeah. one on Netflix every single day since it's premiered. And it's hashtag relatable because we're all in fucking little glass boxes staring out into the void. Yeah. I was referring to Tiger King in terms of uh, being the most popular show. But yes, this this show... Yeah. Love is Blind. I, I never want to watch it. Uh, Ashley has basically like <laughs> hamstrung me into watching Real Housewives of New York, and I'm sort of getting invested into it, and I'm worried for my sanity at this point. But I, I will never yeah. let her trick me into watching this show. <laughs> I don't know. We had a a moment of friendship where like we were both yelling about Love is Blind to each other. Yeah. So that was fun. It It's nice that... Your girlfriend finally uh, would speak to me for the first time in like a year. <laughs> I know she sucks. It's fine. <laughs> it's not like I go out of my way to fucking keep in touch with people, so. Believe me, I know how that feels. All right, uh, I went on a Netflix movie binge. I watched uh, The Platform, which came out, I think, a week ago at this point. Uh, maybe more. Uh, it's basically... Uh, the beginning of the movie is basically an allegory, a heavy-handed allegory at trickle-down economics and how they don't work. Uh, what happens is everyone's in, like, a cell. Uh, you could be a criminal. But you- I'm a boomer and I love Reagan. And that's true. Uh, 
you you basically start out in a cell. Uh, you could elect to go there, or you could be a criminal. Uh, and after you uh, successfully survive the platform, uh, whatever the jail is called, I don't know what it actually is called, but um, once you survive that, you get an accredited diploma. I don't know what purpose the accredited diploma serves, but people like the, our main character elects to do this uh, for six months in order to get his accredited diploma hmm. to become a, <laughs> a fucking economist. Or... <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> so like uh, this platform gets lowered down throughout the middle of the jail uh, and everyone who um, it, it just contains all the food for that day. So the people at the top get to eat as much as they want, and then they and whatever they don't want gets sent down to the next level, and, and that process carries on ad infinitum for until everyone has finished. Uh, and when that process is over, it shoots all the way back up to the very top where uh, the chefs who uh, there's one point where it looks like they're being put like some people who are underperforming are being put into the the prison, which is like. Okay, sure, whatever. Uh, but uh, what winds up happening in this movie is uh, our main character uh, is an idealist and likes to think that, like, hey, I'm going to help the people uh, by, you know, eating as little as possible. And, and like, he he runs into other people that are also the same idealist and they, they constantly are getting beaten down by the system. Uh, until uh, a final heroic act, which takes place in the third act of the movie, which I won't spoil, uh, in an attempt to finally win over the hearts and minds of those at the top, uh, in order to stop this cruel experiment they they have going on. Uh, the ending is the number one point of consternation with people. I know people do not like this ending. Uh, I I don't know if I like the ending, but I think it fits with what the movie is going for. So from that kind of an aspect, I respect it, but uh, it, it it is a bit of a letdown because it is extremely ambiguous as to what happens next. And I know some people want like a hardcore stop, but like the way the message is sent and its ambiguous nature uh, makes perfect sense as an allegory for today. So uh, eventually this this movie does become more subtle in its approach, but at the beginning it is so heavy handed that I was like, all right, I already don't want to watch this movie because of how clubbed you over the head it is with, like, here's here's why fucking Trickle Down doesn't work, motherfuckers. And I'm like, I already know this. Leave me alone. So the the platform is just, like, in a big elevator shaft in the middle of the building? Basically, yeah. Uh, except it's, like, an open... It, it's an open pit. So, like, if you decide to commit uh, Sudoku, you just jump. You can just jump down. Yeah, you can just jump down the pit. I've seen this compared to Snowpiercer. Have you seen Snowpiercer? Yes, and I see it. I see the comparison. Um, I think because like Snowpiercer is very much about classism. Yes, I think Snowpiercer is a bit more subtle in its approach. So if you want something a bit more subtle in its approach, there's Snowpiercer. Uh, at least initially, so Snowpiercer is uh, a lot more subtle. Uh, it's also a little bit more action. Packed, but the, the they also do the rack zoom thing that was popular from the late to uh 2000s to the early 2010s which sucks as uh, the worst camera technique in in film history and i'm glad people have stopped using it so much oh uh, yeah the platform's fine 
ultimately, it's fine. I, I think it went from being very bad to like good, uh, and it, it winds up being somewhere in the middle, which is fine. So uh, this got a three star for me. Grip it and rip it. Uh, the next thing I watched is Lost Girls. This is Amy, the Amy Ryan vehicle, which is uh, about a mother who uh, speaks with her daughter, uh, who is a hot, uh, an escort of some kind, uh, and goes missing in a gated community. And it's basically about like how the cops didn't do anything because she's a hooker. Uh, she's a whore. She does tricks for money. And... <laughs> And uh, her her fight to have her daughter treated like a human being. The best direct comparison I have to this is Unbelievable. And Unbelievable is better than this in every way, shape, and form. Uh, in terms of women needing to be treated like people by the police, which is still dominated by men. Like, police forces are still dominated by men, like. You go to the police station in this movie, it's dominated by men. Like there, I don't think there's a single female police officer. So there, there's no Merritt Weaver, Tony Collette character. Uh, and this is based off a true story. So there's no, there's no character like that that would be like, okay, I'll figure this out. Like, I, you know, I'm a woman. I got to help women everywhere. Like, oh, I got to help women everywhere, like, feel safe. Like, this doesn't happen and they don't get justice. So I think Amy Ryan's good. Uh, the, I I would be more surprised by this movie if I hadn't seen Unbelievable, just because like Unbelievable shed a light on how like uncaring the police really are. Ultimately, about women crimes, like if women are in a situation where you know, uh, quote unquote, they feel they like the cops feel like they put themselves in that situation, like the cops are less like likely to help them because it's like yeah, they should know better, but it's like that's not how that works, like. Y- yeah, they should know. They should know better, but they they're still subject to the same protect and serve clause that you you took an oath to in the first place. Uh, and uh, quick spoilers. Uh, at the end of the movie, because this is based on true events, we find out that Marie Marie uh, Amy Ryan's character is dead because her youngest daughter had a psychotic episode uh, in an attempt to stop her daughter from having a psychotic episode. She grabbed her, and the daughter stabbed her to death. Which was the legitimately the most shocking part of the movie. I couldn't believe it. Hmm. It was very surprising. Uh, but uh, like I said, I, I think Unbelievable is more of a better use of your time. Uh, it, I think it's more powerful. I think it hits the the correct notes the correct amount of times uh, as opposed to this, which is like trying to condense that story into an hour and a half. So. I gave, I wound up giving this three. I think it's good. Like if you haven't watched Unbelievable, you could probably watch this first and then watch Unbelievable. You you would still probably come to the same conclusion I did. But uh, hey, that's just me. Uh, and then the final movie I watched is Uncorked. This is the movie about the uh, kid who uh, his family owns a barbecue restaurant uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, and he wants to become a sommelier, which is a wine person thing. He's like the rest. Yeah, of- yeah. How uh, how is this? I was I was interested in this movie. So. This this is the best movie on Netflix this year. Hooray! Uh, but that's about as like that's about as good as an endorsement I can have. Like it's, I'm gonna give the rating right now. It's a three and a half. Like it's it, it's a good movie. I I think there are parts of it where it drags, which is unfortunate. Um, I think Niecy Nash is my favorite part of this this movie. She plays his mother. 
you know, oh, she, shit. I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, you know, she's she's comedic. She like like there's a lot of funny bits. In, like this movie is actually really funny, except when it's trying to be funny. Uh, there's a, a character in the movie. I can't remember what the hell his name is, but like he is clearly trying to be like the awkward white guy. Like they have him as the awkward white guy trying to be funny, and he's not. He's just awkward. Like when when the black characters speak and, and they're telling a joke, it's very subtle and it's like very punchy and, and and it's like a little subtle digs and you're like you laugh at those. But when you see him try to do his shtick of like oh, I'm awkward and uh, I don't know things and I'm kind of incompetent, uh, it's not funny. So. Fuck. Oh, jeez. Oh. Yeah, it's it's very much a, a Morty. But I, I love Niecy Nash. I think Courtney, Courtney B. Vance is pretty good. Um, God, I, I, I'll, I'll never be able to, to pronounce the main character's uh, actor's name. Uh, allow, allow me one second to, to grab his name. Uh, because he's been a lot of stuff we've watched. Like, he was in Unicorn Store. He was in The Get Down. Um... Mamudu Afi, uh, he plays the the sommelier or the wannabe sommelier, and like his story of like being conflicted into you know this story, this store, this like barbecue shop that he's he's working in that his family owns has been in his family for two generations, and like what it means to the community as like the other parts of the community are gentrifying. There's still this one bastion of like black culture in the community, so like what it means for him to like abandon that and go be a sommelier, you know, the thing he wants to do, despite, like, his family wanting him to do this, or his dad specifically wanting him to do this, and his mom, Nisi Nash, wanting him to do what he wants to do, because she'd rather see him happy than try to, like, force himself into this, into this thing that he doesn't really want to do. But, uh, I, I liked it. I, I think it's a little too long. Uh, ten minutes probably could have been shaved off here at, at, at bits and points, but otherwise... I liked it. So, yeah, three and a half. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I, I I definitely recommend it. Like I said, I think it is the best movie on Netflix this year. So far. All right. We'll see. Coffee well, and Kareem comes out next week. Why don't we hop into uh, the best break on this show so far? And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about our feature review. Tiger King. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about our main review topic for the week, Tiger King, and whatever the fucking subtitle is after that. I don't. It's like murder, mayhem, and other things. May, mayhem, murder, madness, oh, mysteries, it. mountain cats, mountain, mountain cats. lions. 
Hey, what did you think of this, friend? That's uh, fine. Okay, thanks, me. I I, I thought this was good. Uh, I don't think it's I, as... I laughed a lot. Oh yes, I did too. I uh, like uh, people are telling me this is one of the craziest things that they've ever seen, and I'm just like, you motherfuckers haven't heard about Westmoreland County, PA, have you? Because <laughs> like touche. That's like a normal day in Westmoreland County, PA. Like, yes. Uh, or Florida. Well, no. Yeah, kind of Florida, too. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it was like seeing it translated to screen. But like, I, I, I just don't see the insanity here that everyone else saw. It's one of those things where like. It's shocking. To see what's going to happen next. But then you remember like. Oh, everybody, everybody who's in this show deserves each other. Yes. And like, of course, of course, this is what would happen. Right. So a quick little background. I, I remember seeing this, like Netflix did their documentary week thing and they posted about Tiger King, about Joe Exotic. And I was like, oh, Joe Exotic, my favorite character from the 2016 election. Uh, and, yeah. and, and I was waiting for that moment, uh, in the show when they would finally show the John Oliver clip talking about Joe Exotic, because that's where I first found out about this man fell in love. Cause, you know, that's what you do. You fall in love with, with a strange man who admits he's gay, he's had two boyfriends, has broke a shit, and, and has a judgment against him by some dumb bitch down in Florida. <laughs> I still prefer Vermin Supreme. He's the friendly fascist. Sure. But still, like, Joe Exotic was the most, like, eccentric presidential candidate we had. Oh, yeah. He's he's a delight. He's not cutting his mullet, for one thing. I will not cut my hair. I will not wear a suit. And he won't give up his guns. Except for maybe one bullet at a time if you fucking come and try to take his rights away. <laughs> it's very true. So, like... I don't know if there was a moment where I'm like, oh, I'm surprised this happened. Like, anytime something happened on the show, I was like, okay, that makes logical sense based on, like, the characters are illogical, but they, they were based on their own <laughs> set of logicality. I love that we refer to them as characters, even though they're fucking actual human oh, beings bro, which walk bro, around in the world they're freely, fucking characters. which is like, terrifying. Well, sure. Um, but like the, if if I learned one thing from this show, it's that anybody who has ever had any sort of interest in tigers, lions, or big cats of any variety is completely in one hundred percent rat fuck insane. Oh, one hundred percent. Cause what? We got we got Joe Cause Exotic. Like, Cause like you have crazy cat ladies and yes. then scale that up to a fucking two hundred pound tiger. Well right. Crazy cat ladies only hurt themselves. These people uh, groom and brainwash countless of other people. Yeah. Yeah, the one guy has a cult. Yes. Uh, the other one is like Joe Exotics basically running a halfway home for people getting out of prison. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the bitch down in Florida who runs the rescue shelter uh, very likely killed her husband. And and that's uh, to me, 
The other thing that people should be taking note of, because that's like the number one thing that everyone's taking note of, but like she brainwashes volunteers who who spend like 72 hours a week at her fucking rescue shelter. People who don't even get paid. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. It's like, (laughs) it's really funny because there's like, there's three different types of hippies being represented and they're all mad at each other. Cause like, yeah, she fucking wears like a, a fucking daisy chain crown just as a casual fashion statement. Yes. Also Joe Exotic does his whole thing. <laughs> uh, the other guy thinks that he's a fucking ashram or something that he's like leading his fucking sister wives to Nirvana because he ate too much fucking peyote. It's fucking crazy. The yes, the the I think the characters themselves are crazier than any action that was taken in the show. And maybe that's what well, people yeah, are referring that's, to. That's the thing is like when you get these kinds of people interacting with each other, this is exactly what will happen. Like ev- everything that happens within like that they show on this is like a logical extension of who these people are. Yes. Well, right. That's what I was saying by like these people by a normal standard are illogical, but by their own rules are extraordinarily logical, which is why like whenever an event happened, I was like, this is the, the next person, like immediate next event that's going to happen in this show. And it, it went like clockwork. I was not surprised. Yep. Like, once I figured out their initial logical center, I went, I can tell you every single event that's going to happen in this show based off of everything <laughs> they do. And that took two episodes to do. Oh, and it's only a seven episode series. So like, yeah, for five episodes, I'm naming, I'm like, like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah, this is going to happen. And like, to some people, like those events are still crazy. But for me, when I'm anticipating like those, those events to happen, that kind of softens the blow of like their impact. Like whenever uh, Jeff Lowe shows up, I'm like, "Oh, Jeff Lowe's gonna fuck Joe Exotic out of the out of the zoo." Yeah, a hundred percent. There's no um, no question. There is a shockingly small number of teeth and limbs uh, relative to the number of people that are in this show. <laughs> what was uh? What's Joe's first husband's name? It's not Travis. Travis. No, Travis. Yeah. Travis is the one that uh, does the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he looks like Jeff Hardy. Jeff? <laughs> maybe is maybe it, it is Jeff. But his he looks like Jeff Hardy if Jeff Hardy lost all of his teeth because of smoking meth. But that <laughs> oh, wouldn't God. surprise me because Jeff Hardy is a drug addict. Which shouldn't be joked about, but uh, Jeff's been a drug drug addict for at least 15 years, so he's brought it on himself at this point. But yeah, like his his first husband uh, is basically missing all but like four teeth, and it's incredible to to look at. It's just like, what well, the fuck is this man? It's funny because they'll show like archival footage of them, like, and you can see the progression of his teeth falling out. There's uh there's one picture of Joe. Uh, we'll just call him Jeff. Jeff and Travis together that uh, I I've received no fewer than four times, being like. Man, what the fuck happened to Blink-182? 
Which uh, you're you're all very funny, and I love you very much. That's what happens when you believe in aliens, and try to communicate with them with Joe Rogan. Oh boy, uh, I'm sending I'm sending it to our private chat now. This one, I miss it. It's it's actually I miss old school Blink One Eighty Two. I'm like I saw that picture. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look like fucking Blink One Eighty Two. What the fuck? You guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> Alright, I am now looking at the picture. My god. I know, it's it's fucking <laughs> shocking. Oh fuck. Uh so I'm glad at the end of the show they talk about how Doc Antle uh his compound got raided and that he's potentially facing charges for like things. I don't know what charges they are, but they're probably gonna be too few. Cause that man is a legitimate psychopath and deserves to spend the rest of his time in jail. And then his corpse needs to be locked up in jail for the next hundred years. Because <laughs> I think he is legitimately the worst, like the worst person on this show, like by far. Like we'll we'll talk about the Joe Exotic murder for hire charges in a bit, but I think Doc Antle is the the person that should see the most amount of jail time from this show. Uh, period. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> the show began with Joe Exotic saying, like fucking watch all this shit and like you'll see why I don't deserve to be in jail and I, like they they all need to be in jail yes like all of these people need to be removed from society indefinitely so like I guess we'll talk about it now I think personally that the murder for hire charges are incredibly flimsy because those charges are based off of the testimony of three convicted felons versus mm -hmm. uh, the big cat trade, which Joe is clearly guilty of. Uh, and if anything, he was undercharged for that. Uh, the, the euthanasia of five big cats in a zoo is debatable because I don't know whether or not they should have been euthanized based off of past behavior. Or like past or or due to illness, or if he just did them out of sheer malice, because if he did them yeah. out of sheer malice, then yes, he deserves to be in jail for them. But just saying like, oh, Joe Exotic killed five big cats. Uh, we're not going to give any context as to why. Uh, that's that's a bit shifty to me. But hey, that's just my opinion. I don't know. I really liked the uh, reality TV producer who was trying to make a Joe Exotic fucking reality show. Oh my god. That guy was a delight. He's he, he, <laughs> I love how they were like, oh no, he's he's the arsonist. I'm like, wait a minute, what? And then they tried to go yeah. on like a, a ten minute diatribe on how he was the arsonist. I'm like, that literally makes no sense. He he literally talks about Joe Exotic as a retirement plan. Yeah. For for two for like four episodes before that. Which like, yes, if I stumbled across Joe Exotic, I would also come to think of him as a retirement plan. And I am 30. That guy was like chain smoking cigarette packs a day. He, he could have died at any time. Yeah. I don't know. Is there else, anything else you want to talk about? I mean, other than Carol killing her husband, for sure. Like, th this is 100% uh, what happened. Yeah. Oh, in the fucking... Uh... <laughs> so, aside from just being a fucking insane person... Joe Exotic also uh, produces his own country music albums. 
complete with music videos. Yes. And he got literally I thought that it was that woman in the video. Oh, it was it was a great body double. Yeah, he got a dead ringer for this <laughs> for this woman that he's had this like decades long feud with to fucking come in and like feed a tiger scraps of meat off of like a mannequin head saying that she killed her husband and fed it to the fucking tigers. But yeah, she is a murderer. Yeah, Carol Baskin is a murderer. Uh, I feel confident in saying such things. Like, it's too convenient. Everything that happened is too convenient for her to not be the murderer. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It's just unfortunate because there's no, like, evidence that you can gather that says, like, she did it. Like, I think they said she owns, like, 400 square miles of, of property. Uh, and it'd be impossible to comb that, especially considering there's, like, lakes, like, the, not lakes, but, like, ponds and such. Like, it, it, there's so many places that that body could be that it's just like, yeah, you, 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 you're just kind of done. Unless you find something that can, like, find human bones, you're, 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 yeah. you're not gonna find him. Well, like, <laughs> fucking... Joe Exotic was like, yeah, tigers' stomachs are so acidic that if you feed them a whole turkey, there will be no bones out coming out. But, like, also, that's a fucking turkey. Like, you can you can leave fucking chicken bones sit in vinegar for a couple days and, like, they fucking melt. Oh, yeah. I, I know. I did it as a fucking elementary school science project. It was yeah. gross. Um. I don't think a tiger's going to be, like, eating human bones. I wouldn't think so either. Like, the but, only thing I, I think they would eat whole would be, like, fish or something, right? Yeah. And those I mean, I'm sure they so could small. eat the bones, but, oh, like, yeah. they would just pass through. Yeah. And, I, be, and be bones. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see their digestive system taking much longer than ours would. So, like... I yeah, they would probably shit out whole bones, not whole maybe not whole bones, but like partially decayed. Well, yeah, bones. like uh, like bone chips sure. that could be DNA tested. Do you rem- <laughs> do you remember when Joe Exotic was standing there for like five minutes holding a fucking piece of tiger shit in his hand for a music video? Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> hey, remember that time his husband shot himself? Holy fuck. I think that was the most shocking moment of of the the show. Cuz I was like, all right, Travis is dead cuz they 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 showed a couple interviews with him, but they were all like before a certain point and then like it hit a certain point in, in the show timeline-wise where it was like Travis stopped being there, so I'm like, ah, Travis is dead. I wonder if he OD'd. Uh and, and then it turns out he just shot himself. Because he's like, ah, oh, I don't keep the, the the safety's on, or I don't keep this gun loaded, and he shoots himself. And that poor and fucking Joe Exotic's poor campaign manager, who literally wanted nothing more than to just get Joe Exotic elected as governor of Oklahoma with nineteen percent <laughs> of the vote, uh, witnesses Travis die in front of his own eyes. Yeah, uh, gun safety is a thing. Like, I don't know. I've seen fucking so many like youtube clips and shit of people 
like trying to shoot a gun, but it jams. And for some fucking reason, they put their hand in front of it and keep trying to pull the trigger and end up shooting themselves through the fucking hand. Why would you do that? That's a real thing. You can look it up. Oh, no. I No, I, I know it's a, a real thing. It's just like, I, I guess I just shouldn't be surprised at sheer stupidity. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. We, and it's the thing, like, I know, <laughs> I know anytime we talk to fucking Paul about the fact that people just own guns and can walk around with guns in the States, like, mm-hmm. it just boggles his mind. But, like, it, it's true. Like, most of the people who have guns are too dumb to be held, re- like, to responsibly take care of a gun. Yeah. Uh, as much as I shit on my landlord, I will give him credit. I, I he he does seem responsible with guns, uh, for the most part. I, yeah. I, I haven't seen him done any, do anything stupid with them, but of course, I, I when he also goes off to shoot his guns, I just kind of, you know, try to go into a corner and pretend like gunshots aren't going off next to me, like literally like twenty five feet away from me. He silenced them today though, so that was nice of him. I really appreciated that. Not silence. I'm sorry. Not silence. Suppressed. Excuse me. Hmm. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Tiger King? Uh, and the re- the rest of the subtitle doesn't literally matter. There is no reason for there to be a subtitle of this show. No, I'm uh, I'm pretty astounded with it. It's uh, some some wild true shit. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those train wrecks that you have a hard time looking away from. Yeah, I agree. But once again, just look up stories from Westmoreland County, and you will be unshocked as to anything that happens in Westmoreland County because now you've been desensitized by this show. I gave it a three and a half. I I think it's good. I think it's overall well made, but I yeah. I just don't find it as shocking as everyone else will. Like I I don't yeah. regret any of three my three and a half. It. It's a pretty good show. Yeah. I don't regret any of my time with it. I think it was interesting. And that's the number one thing I can say about this show. It is interesting and keeps your attention. All right. Well, uh, let's, uh, fucking wander off into an exotic break, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and we'll fucking come back and talk about a, a Patreon review that's a movie we watched the netflix and swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons gerald from two peas on the podcast nick and justin from the epic film guys podcast paul from the countdown movie and tv reviews podcast the imdb journey podcast julio from the contrarians podcast ashley gorski from the rabbit ears tv podcast nate wade from the everyone has a story podcast Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, it's time to get into our patron review segment. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. And this one comes from Paul down in uh, Australia, and he had us watch Extraordinary, uh, which is a a newer comedy fantasy horror movie, according to IMDb. Uh, currently stands at a 6.4 out of 10. Uh, Rose, a mostly sweet and lonely Irish driving instructor must use her supernatural talents to save the daughter of Martin, also mostly sweet and lonely, from a washed-up rock star who is using her in a satanic pact to reignite his fame. Uh, this stars uh, Maeve Higgins, Barry Ward, and Will Forte. Uh, so, originally, when we put the thread out there, Paul wanted us to watch... The Untouchables. Uh, yeah, what the fuck happened to that? I, I I don't know what happened to that. Uh, but Paul said, and I'm pretty. This is a loose enough quote, uh, and I'm confident in what what I'm saying to make this a full quote. Uh, quote. Uh, fuck whatever shit I got you 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 guys to watch before. I want you to watch extra extraordinary. Unquote. So so we watched this movie instead of Untouchables. Uh, a movie that is more universally regarded than this movie. This movie is bad. All right. Uh, so that's our review. Dan, tell him stuff. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Uh, next week on the show, we're watching Coffee and Kareem. And uh, that's our main review topic. And then uh, for the third segment, we're going to do A Cautionary Tale of Netflix. And since I chose the uh, prior one that we did, it's your turn to pick a, a potentially terrible movie for us to watch. Oh, fuck. Uh, do you want me to do that now? Uh, sure. If, if you can do it with some relative expediency. It's gonna it's not going to be a killer workout, I'll tell you that. That's what Ashley and I watched last night. And that, that was a... I, see, if you've ever wanted to watch a movie where you say what, uh, for basically the entire run length of a movie, that's a movie for you. Killer workout. Can't recommend it enough. Okay. Um, I feel like this, this probably will be something to, uh, provoke our ire, but, uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> fuck, I'm gonna, <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. I'm gonna have us watch Disney's John Carter. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm intrigued. Uh, like I heard this movie was uh total bullshit, but, um, like John Carter of Mars was like one of the landmark achievements in like the early days of science fiction writing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I don't know. It'll, it'll be, uh, an experience. So. Ashley and I watched the the other thing that comes up when you search John Carter on Netflix. Uh, the second thing that actually comes up when you search John Carter, Jupiter Ascending. That was the Wachowski's attempt at making a franchise oh God. 
uh, for WB based off of something like I think it was their own original creation. Uh, that movie is fucking trash. Like, yeah, uh, I, I love seeing the people online trying to defend Jupiter Ascending. I, I forget. There was one part that I actually like there was one. I think oh, it's the production design. I really like the production design of everything. But otherwise, everyone's every, no one knows how to act. Like I, I, I said for since I watched it, basically that they they cast Mila Kunis only because she could speak Russian, uh, and and they didn't want to send an actor off to go get Russian training. So they were just like, ah, fuck it, just cast Mila Kunis. Who cares? Also, there there was air roller skating. Never forget that. Oh man, Sean Bean's in that movie. How does he die? In Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. I don't actually remember. Yeah. That's, uh, I'm looking at it now. It says starring Mila Kunis, Channing Tatum, and Sean Bean. Huh. Yeah, he definitely dies. But I, I just don't remember how he dies. So yeah, that's, um, that's Jupiter Ascending. That's my quick review for Ju- Jupiter Ascending. Never watch it. It's really bad. Uh, unless you want to watch, like, the hubris of, of humankind uh, on a movie theater, like in a movie setting, that's that's the movie to watch. But uh, that does not give me great hope for John Carter. <laughs> a movie so oh, bad shit. that Disney doesn't even want it on their streaming service. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of Disney stuff left on Netflix, but this is one of them. Yeah. It's... uh. Sandwiched in here on my current screen right in between Avengers Infinity War and Solo A Star Wars Story. Hey, Caleb, remember, Captain Marvel isn't coming to Netflix. Remember that was a story? Yeah. Like, uh, you guys need to remember how bad, like, websites needed web traffic. It was, Captain Marvel isn't coming to Netflix. When uh, the big story was that Disney was removing all content from Netflix uh, and not putting on any new content starting in 2019, and Captain Marvel debuted in 2019, so no fucking <laughs> shit. It didn't come to. It wasn't going to Netflix. News <laughs> new sites are jokes. That's what, that's the point I'm deriving. You want you want to know what? I was gonna say that like our our bad movie war with the countdown was back on. After this week, but like, I f- I kind of feel bad that like we shit on his movies so bad that like we just chose not to review it and had another fucking banter segment. Yeah. That now I don't think I'm gonna do that. What do you mean? Oh, you give him another movie? Like give, yeah. give him another shitty movie? Yeah. May- I'll make them review the Untouchables so- as a fuck as as a fuck you to him as a fuck you. No, like um. Real, real quick. I, I don't think this movie. Uh, this movie is bad. Let me start with that. But Paul thinks it is good. So there's that. It's not like a, a fucking temple situation we have going on here, or bad boy Bubby situation we have going on here. I just don't think this is funny. Like there's there's a couple gags, including the final joke of the movie, which is uh uh spoilers to this. Mo- oh, actually, it's the third segment. We always spoil everything. So who gives a shit? Uh. Rose, Rose, and whatever his fuck, I think it's Martin. His name's Martin. Martin, Martin. Martin. So like, Martin, Martin proposes to Rose, and she's like, "No," and the movie ends there. Well, actually, she says no, and he's like, "Wait, what?" And then the movie ends there. Like, that's the funniest fucking part of the movie. 
because it's like three months three months after they first have sex and she's like no and i want to get married to you and it's like wait what and then the movie ends like that's it, it, it's a legitimately funny part of the movie but otherwise the movie is stock standard and kind of boring so i, I like i checked multiple times throughout the movie like how much time was left and uh, so there you go it's bad it's a two fuck this movie <laughs> yeah two feels about right it's uh I don't know. Here, here's some words that I would use to describe it. Um, paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. Forced. Uh, unoriginal. Okay. Uh, trite. Obvious. Um, unfunny. Stupid. A- Ashley is nodding her head in agreement with all of these words right now. So Ashley checked uh, out very quickly with this movie. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sorry, Paul. I, I appreciate you at least trying to give us a good movie. It's just, we fucking hated it. So next yeah. time, just stick with the untouchables, please. I, Paul, I don't need you to be sorry. I just need you to be better. Well, apparently my mom's calling. Hold on. Linda, listen. Hello. Oh, hold on. Hey, what's up? Eleven minutes later. All right, well, hey, I gotta go. I'm uh, uh, you actually caught me in the middle of recording. No, it's 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 okay. Caleb's been listening to to half of the conversation, uh, and I'm sure he's finding it riveting. I can hear him too. Oh wait, actually, he says he can hear you too because our family is extraordinarily loud. <laughs> hey, no, I get it. That's that's my excuse too. No, I appreciate that. That's that's funny. No, I appreciate that. That's, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. All right. Bye. So there was that conversation with my dad. <laughs> what the fuck were we even doing? Were we outroing the show? Is that what's going, what was going on? Yeah, we decided that Paul's movie was a two. Okay. All right. Um, and then you talked to your dad for 12 minutes. <laughs> Uh, I should leave that in the show. I shouldn't. That'd be that'd be awful to listen to. Hey, let's talk about this Pirates game that nobody else remembers, except for me and my dad, because we were there. Uh. Hey, walk off home run. Yeah? Th- those, are, those are nice. Hey, remember that game we went to for your bachelor party, and uh, it got rained out after five innings, so the Pirates automatically won? Yeah, it was actually a good game. Yeah, I was, I was enjoying it. We show. I think we were there for a guy's first career home run, uh, and that guy now starts yes, for the that's team. True. So there was that. All right, Caleb, get us the fuck out of here. All right. Well, uh, why don't you tell them where they can find us until next week? Oh yeah, uh, Netflixandswill dot com at Netflixandswill on all the social medias. Uh, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh. I, I talked to Ashley. She is graciously letting uh, me use the Couch Potatoes Facebook group as a, a joint rabbit ears slash Netflix and Swill Facebook group. So uh, go over there if you want to talk about stuff that's streaming or television shows that uh, have been long forgotten that you want to talk about because that's what that group is for. So uh, please do such th- such things. Also, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's been a long time since we had one. So. We'd appreciate it greatly if you would uh, take some time out of your schedule to do such a thing. That's it. Thanks for listening. All right. And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Take it down.
Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.